it's Crystal. Hey, it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between. Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Intentionally Human. Jessica and I are here today and we are like so excited to be back. Things have been really crazy and I feel like we haven't had much time to connect here lately. So this is fun. I'm excited. Yes. Hi, everybody. I know that it feels like it's been forever since we've gotten together. I know. <laughs> recorded an episode. It's been so crazy. I don't think it's really like in reality been that long, but things there's been so much happening and things have just been so busy that it feels like so much time has passed. (laughs) Yeah. And we had been really graceful to ourselves coming into this like little pause that we had where we had done a lot of content in videos and had it, you know, the recordings ready to go. And I think that was really helpful because you and I both got into this like cycle in our personal lives where it was like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. I can't breathe. (laughs) Work was busy. Your sister got married. My kids sports Mm -hmm. season started back up. Like it's just been a lot. And luckily, I guess it's luckily, I don't know if it's luckily, but like we kind of were on the same page there where it was like, we're both busy. (laughs) So it's both like, Hey, like we just need to pause for a minute and let's take care of this business and then we'll get back together. Um, but yeah, I'm like super excited to be back. And I feel like that like really ties into what we wanted to talk about tonight and just talk about how burnout and just being overwhelmed is so prevalent right now. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's feeling it. It's not just us. No, it's like definitely a theme that you and I had talked about wanting to record this episode and then it showed up everywhere in life. Um, yeah. Multiple conversations with friends. Anytime I got on TikTok, it was these videos about how to cure work burnout. And then like, even in conversations with my team, burnout's a big topic because I think we're just hitting that stride in the year where everything hits you at once and you're already a little overwhelmed. And then it's like, holy crap, it's almost Christmas. And that stuff gets kind of daunting, even though it's Whoa, really fun. And did you just say the C word? Like my brain cannot even comprehend <laughs> Christmas right now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, it's so close. I was literally looking and I was like, crap, I have to start budgeting for Christmas gifts. It, it's here. There's no putting it off to next month anymore. Wow. Way to add to my plate, Jessica. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I probably do need to start thinking about Christmas since I do have three kids. I probably should start preparing. <laughs> but no, my mind hadn't even gone to Christmas yet. Like just wrapping my head mm-hmm. around everything that's happening in the world today, work, kids it's just nonstop, and so yeah it's been busy and I you know me I go straight to like my rabbit holes and I get deep but I feel like mm-hmm. this is happening to everybody just because we're all in this unique space where like god we've been in a pandemic now for what 42 years I it feels like forever <laughs> and we have like no real like like light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. where we think this might start to calm down at any point soon, even with that vaccines and masks and all of that stuff, no matter where you fall on mm-hmm. that. Cause it's a polarizing topic apparently nowadays. So uh, 
it's still just a lot. And I don't think our bodies are made to take on all of this stuff. It's just too much. I don't think so either. I think we've been in crisis mode for so long that we think that we have it handled and that we're back to normal. But I, I have a hard time believing that there's not some sort of like thing going on where we've convinced ourselves that we have it, but you're seeing people like being more irritable. They're burning out a lot quicker. Like it's not normal and you aren't meant to spend this long in crisis mode. And then if you're in Texas, like I am, you know, we started off our week with worrying about a hurricane hitting us, <laughs> which is a great way to start a Monday. Highly recommend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like one thing after another. And I was horrible this week. Like even people at work were like, I could just hear the panic in your voice. Like, and we were so worried if we said one wrong thing, you were just going to lose it. And they weren't wrong. Like I was really on the brink of just being like, I quit everything. I'm going to go crawl in bed and not move for the next five years. Oh yeah. No, I feel you. And I think in Florida, we get it. Like we get hurricanes here too. So I understand Mm -hmm. the stress that goes into that. And it's, it's a lot of like fear of the unknown. Like we all have been through hurricanes. You know what to expect during a hurricane, but you don't know how bad it's going to be. And so it's like, you just have to kind of like sit and wait and hope that it's not as bad as the weatherman is telling you it could potentially be. (laughs) Um, Cause I feel like they spur a lot of fear too, but that's a totally different um, conversation. But, (laughs) but yeah, like I think, I think as human beings, right, like like you said, being in crisis mode, that's not really where we are meant to stay. That's not our homeostasis. And I think for us, or what I've seen, is like stuff has always been around. There's always been shit happening across the globe. I mean, whether it's China, Cambodia, where you know, Afghanistan, home, like it's there's always crises happening or crises happening. And we're aware of it, but we haven't always been attached to it, right? Like folks have generally, I think in the past pre-COVID, like found areas that were like their passion areas, right? So like they're going to be save the cats or save the children or Mm -hmm. feed the hungry or whatever that may look like for them, whatever their passion area is. And they kind of focus on that. And yeah, there's awareness and kind of line of sight into everything else that's happening out there, but it's not always filtered internally. It's not always a hot priority, but I feel like since COVID, Everybody is attached to everything. Everybody is passionate about Afghanistan, women's rights, uh, cultural diversity, inclusion, uh, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. Who are you going to vote for? Like everything now is like on top of our minds and everybody's passionate about it. Everybody has an opinion about it. And then we have this expectation that everybody's supposed to have an opinion about it and that we're supposed to talk about it. And we're supposed to, I don't know, like be so in the know on everything. And I just can't. (laughs) And at first I thought it was a fault, like within me, right? Like maybe I'm, I don't know, I'm stressed out, I'm burnt out, whatever, but I don't think it's just me. I think it's a human thing, right? I don't think our nervous systems, I don't think any of our bodily functional systems are meant to take on and absorb all of that and be so passionate and involved and in the know and argumentative and polarized. I don't think we're cut out for that. No, it's, 
it's so much to ask, right? Like there's a reason that politicians who have to be in the know on all of those things, that's their full-time job. It is their job to read those bills, to know everything. They aren't doing anything else. That's why we pay taxes to pay their salaries because we need them to be experts. And I'm putting that in quotes because, you know, um, but in in theory, that's how it's supposed to work. They are supposed to work for us and do that for us so that we can do our jobs because I, I, there's no way you can put that all in your brain. And I don't think it's fair to ask that. I think that if you want to be informed and that's something you're passionate about, go for it. But it's not for everybody. And there is stuff that's draining and you have to recognize, like if I sit down and I'm already drained from work and then I try to read bills about women's rights and try to understand them and develop an opinion on it. It is so overwhelming and so draining that it, it's not helping me. And it just puts me in such a negative headspace. And it's like, that didn't add anything to my day. And I would love to be able to like go in, like I can exercise my voice and vote and protest, whatever. But when it's, when I have the time, like, I think that if you want to yeah. protest, that's after you get your exercise done, exercise. after you eat healthy, yes. after you get your work done, after you do some self-care, like <laughs> check off all yeah. this crap you're supposed to do. And then now add on all this other stuff that we're like supposed to do with being passionate about all of the wrong doings in the world. Yeah. And I think that there's people who do it and the activists that do it, that becomes their career. They make a career yes. out of it because you have to be And I, I mean, it's the whole reason we have specialized careers in what we do. You have to be willing to put in the time to become an expert and you can't become an expert by re- like doing it once a week, once every two weeks, like you have to do it and live it and breathe it. And even if you commit a certain amount of time every day or every week to doing something that you're passionate about, like you can eventually develop those skills to become an expert in that area. Mm-hmm. But you can't, in my, or at least in my opinion, you can't be an expert on everything. No. You just can't. And if you were to try, like, I feel like that's where we're seeing a lot of this burnout with people are like so worried about, okay, kids are back to school. What does that look like? We're still battling COVID. Now it's the vaccine and the mask issue. Now it's, you know, did I eat right? Am I still eating healthy? Okay, wait, make sure you exercise. Like there's just so many things competing for brain space and for energy. And I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's a lot for, for myself. I know for sure, but others Mm -hmm. too. And I think that's where we're seeing, potentially some of like this is interfering in our ability to get over COVID too, because we're running ourselves down. We're wearing out our immune systems. We're wearing down our nervous system. Like we're not helping ourselves be healthier individuals, like overall, right. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health issues are going up. Like it's just so much. And I feel like we need to take a big pause. Like I wish there was like a giant pause button on like planet earth. <laughs> We could be like, okay, everybody, you got a whole day where you don't have to worry about any of the normal everyday stuff and just go out and do something for yourself, for your family, like bring it back to simple, you know, like things are getting so complicated and so intense. Just like check out for a minute. Yeah. And it might look different than it did last year. I mean, we, we've preached on this before in other podcasts, right? Like you've got to do what's actually serving you and what has worked for you in the past might not work anymore. We've just gone through a collectively really hard experience crisis for a lot of people. It was traumatic. You know, if you lost your job and 
you went through really struggling to know, like, if your needs were going to be met, that's trauma. And I think a lot of people don't think of it because they're like, oh, it happened to so many people. Right. It's still traumatic. And I think we still have to recognize that everybody's going to deal with it differently. So if working out is just not something that's going to serve you in that moment, do something else. Work out tomorrow. You know, it, it shouldn't feel like work. And it shouldn't feel like something that you have to do. It should be something that's exciting. I did that recently by going to a concert. Yeah, I did that. I was like, oh, there's like a cool little Irish folk band in town. I really enjoy going and sitting out on the patio and listening to music. I'm just going to do it. Did I need, like, it was so nice to just sit and have a beer and listen to music and have like, a sense of normalcy because it was outside. So there was like not a whole lot of mask and stuff like that, but just sitting with friends and listening to music, it was just easy. And I think so much is not easy anymore. And you're like, I don't know. I'm kind of always in the back of my head thinking, okay, there's so many consequences now. Like if I want to go out to a bar with friends, like it's my choice, but I'm also choosing which consequences I will live with. You know, there's a consequence of I might be exposed to COVID or I could catch it even if I'm vaccinated and we, those consequences weren't there before. I mean, they were with like the flu and stuff, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem as extreme as it does now. Yeah. I no, I feel you. And I love the word easy uh, because I don't feel like life is easy right now because Mm -hmm. there is so many things happening and there's so many things like pulling you in different directions. Like you said, you have to think about everything we're doing and the risks and the consequences with it. And that's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm so glad that you were able to connect with your friends and find something that like you enjoy doing and just being able to kind of hit your own pause button there for a minute and like recharge. Like that's amazing. Um, I, for me, like I'm think I'm going to have to take a break off social media for a little while, mm-hmm. just because things are getting so heated and it's, maybe not Instagram. Cause I think we've shared this before. Like my Instagram is set up more for like things that inspire me and fill my cup versus like all of the friends and all of that stuff, but just yeah. all of the conversations and the debates and all of that stuff that is just becoming too much. Like it's too stressful. And mm-hmm. I feel worse <laughs> after like, you know, I'm like, there's no more like pictures of families and their kids and the fun stuff that they're doing. It's like, you know, you suck because you didn't wear your mask or whatever the drama is for the day, you know, and you're just like, wow, like this is too much. I don't want to know about it. (laughs) Yeah. The emboldenedness of a society. I'm going to just generalize the tall of society. I feel like we get so brave behind a computer and I still stand by the fact, like if you weren't willing to say to somebody sitting across the table, from you, you should not be saying it on social media. Oh, like, 100%. It's just not, you wouldn't do that in real life. So why do you feel okay to do it behind a keyboard? Yeah. It makes no sense. And this is not, I feel like a lot of people are experiencing it for the first time where I think a lot of like younger people when social media was like really geared towards those that were still in high school and college that were being cyber bullied. And it was really hard. People were like, oh, bullying sucks, but just block them and stuff. Now that people are also that are older, that are getting that experience of like, people are trolls. They will find you. They will, even if you block them, they'll come up with another way to contact you. It's really draining. And it's, it's kind of scary that somebody's going to go that far out of their way to just be hateful. Yeah. 
it's so strange that it's just gotten worse and worse. And now it's affecting all generations, not just mm-hmm. a specific one like it was before. Yeah. And, and we're, it's like, we're all like looking for a, f- a fight. And, and I know that's mm-hmm. not true. I know that's not what everybody's looking for, but it seems that way when you're on like social media, sometimes, you know, when you have people trolling in the comments that they're making, it's, it's to spark an emotion or a reaction um, from somebody else instead of just like, moving past it. I was just having a conversation earlier with somebody. I was like, I wish we could like, just go back to like the playground rules. Like, do you remember when you were in school and it was like, everybody has to play like red Rover, red Rover, even if you don't like them, like you still have to hold their hand and put your arm up and sing and wait for the other team to come and like get clotheslined. I don't think they allow that game in, in schools anymore, but it was, <laughs> right so you're talking about. <laughs> it was so much fun when we were kids. Sorry. This younger generation can't hang, but, um, <laughs> But like it was, that was just what it was. And everybody just wanted to play the sports or play the game so much that it was like, that's fine. I'll, I'll, you know, let nose picker Johnny be on my team, whatever. Like you just did it because it was what you did. And it was just expected. Like we went back to simple rules. Everybody wants to play. Everybody gets to participate and you do it and you have fun. You walk away from it and you're like, man, we had a great time. So-and-so got clotheslined. Whoops. But you know, they're okay. You check on, I'll make sure everybody like, why don't we have those general rules anymore? It's like all of that went out the window and it's now like, Oh, nope. You're this, that, or the other. So we can't be friends and, or we can't talk or we can't be in the same place. Or now you have to sit over there because you can't sit with us. Like, it's just so bizarre to me. Like I can't even wrap my head around it. It is. I think we've collectively quit being curious. And I'm, that's, yeah. I don't know, I'm going to sound like such a culture person right now. I've been drinking the Kool-Aid at work. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like a really big thing on the mood elevator. Like you want to at least be curious. And I think that when you're there, you can hear other people's point of views and things like that. And you don't have to agree with them, but you're still giving somebody the space right. to be who they are, to have their own point of view and to not be wanting to change them. I think that first, like, I know a lot of people now it's like, my view is right. And I need you to believe it yeah and that's when it becomes a big issue like I will listen to you whatever I just don't want you to go into this conversation thinking that you're going to change my mind if I wanted you to do that I would have approached it going hey I know that you've been researching this a lot I would love to hear what you have to say about it I'm trying to create my own opinion on it (laughs) that's a very different conversation entry than let's just talk about a hot topic and both of us end up really mad and like raising our voice at each other, which right. I am, have been, you know, known to do. Cause at some point you just get <laughs> your, your bucket level and you're like, I can't do it anymore. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, everything's a hot topic right now. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it does get a little reactionary. I think sometimes when you have those conversations, but I also think it goes a little deeper. I think people are just scared. And I, so I think when they form an opinion, like pre COVID, I think everybody was able to be like, okay, let me do some research. I will form an opinion, you know, whatever. And now it's like, there's so much information out there. Some of it's real. Some of it's not real. We're not sure if it's correct. We're not sure. So you're trying to formulate Mm -hmm. opinions without really feeling like you're a hundred percent informed. And then I think people are then saying, okay, well, I've made my opinion. Now I need you to agree with me. Like, because then it validates it. And I don't know that we're like aware that we're doing that (laughs) as human beings, but I kind of think that's some of the cycle that a lot of people are in. And when you see people who are in that fear state, like they react differently, they react a little more intensely because they're not sure if the fight or flight 
reflex needs to be triggered, you know? And so I don't know. I'm, it's just, it's a lot. And I feel like we just need to go back to the playground, go back to simple, go back to easy and just realize that, Hey, everybody's going to have their own opinion. Everybody's got their own, you know, shit going on. And let's just, we all just want to live. Like, instead of we all want to play red Rover, like we just all want to live, like let people live and do their thing. I, I don't understand why that's so complicated. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. And it, it, it does require like a certain amount of empathy I mean, I was in a situation a few weeks ago where I was out with some guy friends and one of the guy friends that like is never around made just like a super inappropriate comment and with it with a different crowd probably would have like not been upsetting or anything like that. But with like the group of girls that I was with and given like our history and some of like some of the things that have happened to us in the past, it just, it was so triggering. And I know that people roll their eyes when they hear that word. But if you've never like been in a situation where something happens and it just your fi- your flight just like goes and then your adrenaline goes like there's no recovering from it. Like your body has just created the environment for you to be like, I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge and I yeah. need to like fight for my like self-preservation. Yeah. And it was so hard to explain Cause some of the guys were like, well, why are y'all being like this? Like y'all are being really mean to this guy. And it's like, you don't want to be like, he started it. But it's like, dude, <laughs> he started it. And it was just one of those things of they like truly could not understand why we were so upset. And it was exhausting to even think that it was like on us to have to tell them. But stepping out of it and it being a couple weeks later, I was like, I do have some empathy and it's like, They've never been in that situation. They'll never understand how that feels. And I would never want anybody to know how that feels. Like, that's not a bad thing for them. It sucks if you're the person who's in a situation where you're like, oh. Right. Well, and I think think we get that way. I know it's exhausting sometimes to explain um, to others, you know, Mm -hmm. and try to help educate everybody. I didn't know that's like a daunting task to put on any kind of, person or group or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes it's needed, um, because we all have our own experiences and you're right. You know, others aren't going to know exactly why that triggered you or why that's, you know, offensive or why that's rude. And even if they were to go and do their own research, sometimes those connections still aren't made until Mm -hmm. you're in those moments where you have that real life experience that helps give you that light bulb moment or that aha moment. And sometimes that only comes from somebody being triggered and then responding saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is how that, that word, that scenario, that situation, whatever, like makes me feel. And here's why that's not appropriate. Please don't do that again. You know, like sometimes you have to be able to to stand up for yourself in a respectful way. Right. Obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not promoting anybody go out there and like get crazy, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, like, I mean, sometimes we have to have that. And I think as humans, you know, if we can just approach that from a place of, like you said, curiosity and be open and realize that not everything I like, everybody else is going to like, and not Mm -hmm. everything that triggers me is going to trigger you. And, but I have my own triggers and I want you to respect those. So I have to respect your triggers too, right? You know what I mean? And they may be wildly different triggers, but we all have them. Mm -hmm. We all have our own baggage, our own trauma, our own shit that we carry around with us, right? Like just be Mm -hmm. respectful and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and it's hard with triggers too, because like what may trigger you one day 
might not the next. And it might right. depend on the person who said said something or what situation. Like it is so It's all about context. Specific to the moment that it's like you can't even I find like any time that I've like been in a situation like that, like I don't even know that it's coming. I'm not seeing the cues that's leading up to it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I have to like I have to remove myself from this situation because I I'm about to have like a full breakdown <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's not good, but like, I like at least know how to cope with it. But the people who are like, Oh, I can feel it coming. Like I feel the energy shift. I can feel, I wish I had that. I, I like, that's almost a superpower, I think. Um, and I think we all have it at times. I just don't know that we all have it a hundred percent of the time. Right. I think context mm-hmm. is key and you're right. I, I think sometimes, you know, you go out and, you're in a really good mood and you're very optimistic and you're very accepting and very curious. So those cues and things may not trigger you, but other days, if your cup's not completely full and you've Mm -hmm. already been, you know, through the ringer and you've already done 92,000 other things for other people and your energy is depleted, somebody says something, your, your reactionary, you know, trigger response is going to be so fast. And that just, I mean, it's just life people, right? Like we all have, we all have those days. Like, just be nice. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been preaching that a lot here lately and I feel bad, <laughs> but I, I'm ready for some kindness. Like maybe that's, a, you know what I've started thinking about doing? I, I don't know who does these videos, but I know there's a bunch of like different people that do them to where they just like drive around. And if they see somebody outside, like they'll pull over and just say something nice to them. Like, oh my God, you look so beautiful today. Or, oh my God, you look like a queen or, you know, just like random mm-hmm. things just to whoever they see outside. And those people are always are like, what are you saying? Like, oh, like it just, you can tell that it like made their day that some stranger pulled their car over just to tell them they look nice or they had a nice shirt or they mm-hmm. smiled their, their smile was pretty or whatever. I feel like we need to do more of that. So yes. I've been thinking about adopting that, which has been a little harder for me because I am a little, I'm an introvert. So I don't always go out of my way to speak to other people. So this is going to be like way outside of my comfort zone, but we've all had those experiences where somebody has done that to you and it made you feel really, really good. Like if I'm going to be on this soapbox about people being kind, then I need to practice what Mm -hmm. I preach. And maybe that's what I'm going to start doing. I don't know that I can record myself while I'm doing it. I'll see what I can come up with. When you record yourself when you do it. Right. I know, but there's such cool videos to watch, you know, and it did inspire me to want to do it. So I'll see what I can come up with folks. I'm going to try to do it and I'll at least report back to you guys how it's going. And if I can figure out a way to record it and share it, I will. (laughs) I love it when that happens. It happened to me on a date the other day. I was, he had like gone to the bathroom and this other person walked up and they were like, I just want you to know that I love this whole thing. Like your outfit. Love it. Yeah. And I have never felt more confident on a date. I was like, well, if you don't like me, homeboy down the bar. Right. (laughs) Option. I already got some lined up. Yeah. (laughs) I want to start doing that for people. Like just giving them that confidence boost because it's scary. And yeah. you never know what people are doing. Like somebody might be on their way to a job interview and that's a little bit that just helps them remember who the hell they are right. and go into that interview and crush it. I know. I think, I think we should start a campaign here. And I think too, right? Like people are scared. People are worn out. People are like overwhelmed, burnout, whatever you want to call it. That makes you tired. That's such an energy suck, right? Like mm-hmm. it, you lose your inspiration, whatever. And I feel like if you can do this, you can, 
you can empower people, right? And that empowerment mm-hmm. is what helps people go out and, you know, like bring their best self forward. So if we want kindness and we want people to, you know, start being nice to each other, then we need to start making them feel better and feel more empowered versus this powerless person against all of the random shit that's happening in the world around them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think like one of the easiest places to adopt that is within your friend group or within family or the workplace, even like, I think that's where I probably feel the most burnout is at work because there's just times where you're doing tasks or a project's going on and it's just not filling your cup in the way that you need to, but you don't have the option to say, I'm not going to do this right now. You have to do it. And that just, that requires so much more energy than like if you have a hobby that's just not filling your cup, you can put that hobby on pause for a second and then come back to it. That's not, that's not a luxury you have at work, but getting a random, like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Or I really, you know, like those little things, they seem so small, but they really do make a difference. And if somebody is having that burnout moment or just on the brink of like wanting to throw their computer off the balcony, which I say a lot. Um, and sometimes it's not a joke. Sometimes I really do think about it. Um, you know, it's like, that can be, the turning point of my day where I'm like, you know what? Okay. I got this. And so I think for me, cause I'm so shy and very rarely will I say something to a stranger in public. Like I, I would like to start adopting (laughs) that more, just like sending a quick little ping. Like, Hey, I saw your response to this email. It was great. Something to let people know, like I see you. I think that's what people also really are missing too with COVID. I'm about to go on a tangent, but it just hit me like, I feel like we don't feel seen as much like the loneliness, the lack of interaction. It's, it's a good call really out. hard to deal with living yeah. alone. I really have had to like really deal with not feeling seen or when you're around people, it's for a shorter amount of time. So you aren't getting that like deep connection. You aren't really feeling like you're, I call them soul connections. Like where you just feel like, God, that was such a good conversation. My soul feels better. You don't get those as much because you're just trying to like catch up on everything. And we've said that before where you're just like going down the list of like everything you've been doing and it doesn't give you enough time to really have that connection. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because I agree. And I also think that may play into some of what people are putting out there too, because they're seeking attention Mm -hmm. and they're seeking connection. So if they put themselves out there, And even if it's in a negative way, they're getting attention back. Like we've Mm -hmm. all seen that, you know, like the kids who act out the most are the ones who need the love the most, right? Or however Mm -hmm. the saying goes, right? Um, So, I mean, I think we're just seeing that same kind of behavior play out for a lot of adults too, where they, you know, they need attention. They need validation. They need connection. So they're putting themselves out there. And sometimes that's not in the nicest way. So yeah, maybe if we can lead by example and put, you know, some kindness first and just out of the blue, reach out. And I've been trying to do that, but it's so hard. Like you really have to make a conscious effort and you have to make a commitment to do it. Um, So maybe we need to be like each other's accountability partners. Be like, hey, did you do this? How many did you do this week? Or how many, how many compliments did you give this month or something? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that is. So I was on TikTok. I've had to limit it to an hour a day. But 
one day it was just like really hitting me and I was like, all right, we're not even making the full hour because it was, it just felt like it was attacking me. <laughs> so many <laughs> psychologists were showing up on my page. I was like, all right, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Targeted here. Everything. Yeah. But they, there's this one and if I can find it, I'll try to post it to our Instagram. Cause it was so like, Oh, cause you, you, you think about it and like, like you said, like the kids who act out the most do it cause they need something like there's something that they're missing. And it was saying like most human behavior, if you think about it and you really get to the root out of it is like, because people are craving love and it's not just romantic love. Like it could be, it's like that connection. And I think a lot of times like love and connection, especially on TikTok, kind of get looped together, Sure, but it's like that, that want for like love or, or for somebody to just see you. And I think for me, like, when I think of love, I kind of think of like somebody just seeing you for you and still wanting to be a part of your life. Like that is like how I would define love for myself. Um, so I think that was like, it was really eye opening because it, it helped whenever you're like seeing people on Facebook or wherever that are just kind of acting out grown adults acting mm-hmm. a little bit like children. I think that they're needing to be seen and needing to be told, like, I love you just as you are. Like, I don't agree with you, but I still love. And I think except for so many people, like, they're so scared. Like, if I have such a big opinion, like, I know I am. I don't want to put an opinion on Facebook because, like, what if somebody, like, changes their opinion of me? Logically, I'm going to go, well, that person's probably not somebody I really want to be in my life. But there's a part of me that's like, I I don't, I don't accept that. (laughs) And I won't, (laughs) I should, but I won't like, I don't want somebody's opinion to change in me because I really think that like, there's, there's, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just really went off on a tangent and y'all got (laughs) like a rabbit or something. (laughs) Yeah, but no. And I agree with you because I think, especially when you look at like behavior one-on-one, like we do our actions are because we want to feel a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's our thoughts, create our feelings, our feelings, create our actions, whatever. So when, when you look at human behavior, people tend to do things because they're trying to feel a certain way. So if you look at it from that perspective, like people are out there because they're searching for a certain feeling, whether that be love connection, you know, joy, happiness, whatever, um, does that always, do their actions always get them the feelings that they're looking for? No, absolutely not. Because, you know, <laughs> we're human <laughs> and we have our own trauma that creates, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, people are looking for stuff. They're searching for connection. They're searching mm-hmm. for a sense of belonging. They're searching for a tribe. They're searching for others that can validate their feelings and help them overcome their fears. Absolutely. And I think that's always existed. That's just part of human nature, Mm -hmm. but because of the culture that we're in right now and the way things have just been so intense for so long that people are just like desperate. And I think they're just Mm -hmm. lashing out from this desperate place and looking for just some peace and I don't know that everybody realizes that their actions aren't creating peace for themselves or for others. It's really kind of perpetuating this intensity. And that's what scares me because um, 
I, I feel like we're kind of stuck in this cycle or this loop <laughs> where it's like we're 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 wanting one thing and so we're acting out because we want that but our actions aren't helping us to get that and so now we're like just creating like chaos um and not just us but i mean as a culture in general right like yeah. we're we're not you know creating peace and i feel like that's what i'm craving right now so if i were to create a new word for this year um it would be peace <laughs> I like that. I, you know, I think that we see that, like we've been conditioned to see it though, right? Like the likes, the validation, the more controversial you are, the more you get, the more engagement you get. So it's like, oh, if I said this thing that was like really special and meant something to me and I got three likes on it, that doesn't feel good. It feels like, oh, like, Okay. That's not important. But if I see something a little bit out there and it gets like hundreds of likes and a lot of comments, you get it. You, you get what you're craving, right? It's like acknowledgement, whatever you want, that validation. And we really have learned this from celebrities. I'm going to go into a little celebrity tangent. So just bear with me. <laughs> but as long Always as Always down for like, a good celebrity tangent. <laughs> ever since like celebrities existed, you watch like the cycle and celebrities will have these like small controlled controversies happen so that they can be in the news cycle and they do this and it keeps them relevant. It keeps them at the attention. It gets people on their side or against them, but no matter what you're talking about that celebrity. Mm -hmm. So we see that and we're like, Hmm, I could do that. I could like look at all this. Yeah. And I think that we really have been conditioned to think about that. Like, the way that, oh, I'm really, really going to tangent. I'm drinking coffee as we're having this conversation. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> done that beforehand. <laughs> but like, if I think about dating and things like that, I know that if I post a certain type of picture on Instagram, I'm going to get more likes and I'm going to get likes from guys who have broken up with me in the past, goes to me, whatever. And it almost feels better to get attention from them because I'm like, yeah, you're still looking at me, which is stupid because I'm still thinking about that as well. Like that validation from them Mm -hmm. means like, I guess there wasn't something so wrong with me. And I think a lot of people have that, especially if you're single and dating and all that, like you kind of, you can't help but take like a breakup or somebody ghosting you to heart and think like it has to do with you. Um, I, hope we can all get to the day where it's like, it really does not have anything to do with you. <laughs> really like that validation feels really nice. Yeah. So, because it gets those endorphins going, right? Like yeah. if you want to get like technical with it, like your body does respond to that and that reinforces, you know, the entire behavior chain that just occurred. And so, yeah, we're always, mm-hmm. and I think no matter how good your confidence is, there's always some external mm-hmm. validation seeking that's happening. I mean, we're just like social creatures. So we mm-hmm. need that social validation, that social connection to feel like, you know, we have value, I think in a certain capacity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could like continue to live on this earth if I didn't need some sort of about like I feel like at that point you've reached nirvana like the point of like living is like it's no longer necessary I don't know like it's almost that thing of like when you hit a certain point of enlightenment is it just your time to move on to the next life I don't know because then I feel like 
then you could just do all of the things that you want to do without any fear or concern or worry. Like to me, that is like the ultimate, right? Like if we didn't have the fear holding us back. But I don't know if I would do things if I didn't want a little bit of validation because I did them. Hmm. See, I think I could. I don't, I don't think I could. Yeah. That's like I wouldn't bake cakes if I didn't like a little bit of validation or that I didn't like somebody really enjoying them. Like I wouldn't do that because I'm not just going to bake cakes to bake cakes. What am I going to do with them? It has <laughs> to be like an exchange, right? Yeah. And I feel like the closest thing we do is this podcast. That's probably the closest thing I do where... 75% of the time, it's like, this is for us. We really enjoy this. Right. But there's that other 25% of the time where you and I, and I'm going to call us out. Oh, yeah. Worry about the likes. We worry about the engagement. And it does get to that point where we're like, it, like, is it worth it? Are we, yeah. like, is this? Because it is, it, like, it's really good and it fills our cup, but it does take work. It does take energy. And it takes, we do have to say no to other things in our lives for this podcast. Oh, Absolutely. And I think that sometimes like not getting that validation back hurts a little bit, probably more than I would like to admit. I I agree. And I, I will totally call myself out here and I have called myself out with Jessica too. Like, Hey, you're just gonna have to put me in check every now and then. Cause I do get caught up in it where it's like, wait a minute. Like, you know, this podcast had, you know, X number of listens, but then the next one, like it dropped and it's like, well, why did they stop listening? Was the first one good? And the second one wasn't good. Like, and you start thinking about it. And, but at the end of the day, like I enjoyed recording all of them. Like I got something out of it intrinsically just for myself, just connecting with you and having these conversations It filled my cup. And so I, I think sometimes we do get caught up in that, mm-hmm. that, that, that battle a little bit of like, is this for us or is this for other people? Are we trying to do this? to get other people to like us or is it just to fill our cup? And we do have to kind of maintain that balance. Sometimes I want other people to enjoy it too. I, I don't want to sound like I don't care if nobody likes it, but at the end of the day, I feel proud of what we do and the conversations that you, that we have, like they really do fill my cup. And we have talked about this, like sometimes we, we can't record at night because <laughs> we are both so jazzed and energized after the conversation <laughs> that we can't sleep. Right. And so I feel like that's amazing. And I think being able to acknowledge that and then realize what is giving you energy. Cause I mean, as human beings, mm-hmm. we're tired, we're worn out, especially if we're going to talk about burnout. I mean, part of burnout is being exhausted, but when we do this, like there are some days where I'm like, I'm just really tired, but I will show up anyway. And I feel so much better after we talk and then I have so much energy. Right. So it's, I mean, mm-hmm. I think having those experiences in your life and I'm taking this tangent in a totally different direction unintentionally, but <laughs> you know, but I think having those experiences where you like really feel like your cup has been filled and you find energy from the, the action, right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's to me is kind of what life's about and like feeling like, Hey, I can tackle whatever now. Cause I just totally filled my cup and I'm like jazzed to go march to Washington and save the world or save the rainforest or I don't know, whatever is on your mind. Right. That seems like an unbeatable feat. <laughs> so I don't know how I got to the space and I apologize for taking your tangent in a different tangent <laughs> direction. <laughs> But that's what it sparked in me. So I appreciate um, that aha moment. Yeah. Well, I, I keep having them. Um, 
we really didn't <laughs> like prep for this. Like we just like, kind of give the word burnout to each other. We're like, yeah. we're just going to run with it. So this is us like not having anything really planned to talk about other than around a word. But I, so now I really want to do research on if you see more burnout in adults that were like in the gifted and talented classes or the accelerated classes in school growing up versus those who were not, that were like average students. Cause I would say that the gifted and talented students need more external validation to feel like they're doing a good job than those students who are maybe more average where grades were not the basis of their persona. Like I was a gifted and talented kid in, in school and grades were so important to me that they almost became my top personality trait. Like I didn't know who I was if I wasn't making good grades and I had an existential crisis if I made bad grades college. Holy shit. When I fell out of class in college, I almost lost it. Like I had to go to therapy. I had to do like academic remediation. I did not know how to handle failure because in my world, like that wasn't an option. And I felt like, Oh, like nobody's going to like me. I'm not important anymore because I, Failed biology. <laughs> Looking back now, nobody oh, well, gave a wait. shit. Nobody asked me. I didn't know you failed biology, Jessica. I, that changes things. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I failed it twice. That's what the, oh, like, no. I retook the class and I still made a D in it. <laughs> That's <laughs> really so funny. Bad. But like for the longest time, I really thought my life was over. I did not think I was going to be able to have the Aww. career path that I wanted. And in, I wanted to be a doctor. That's really funny now when I think about it. I like talk about burnout. I think I would have been just not in a good place if I tried to be a doctor. I just, that those are, those people are saints. I can't do it. But like <laughs> it led me to the path where I think I'm supposed to be. And I feel like I'm there. So everything does happen for a reason, which is like kind of hippy dippy. We're getting back into that now, but I really feel like if I would have been in a, in a place where like grades were just grades and it wasn't good or bad. And it's not that my parents did this to me. I don't, they were just like, do your best, whatever. But there was so much competition. And I was like in that group of like, we were all fighting for that top 10 place because then you wanted to get into a certain college and you couldn't do that. It's just really difficult now as an adult, especially like in a job where I feel like there's not a grade, but you want to do the best. You want to make sure that you've anybody that did it before you you've done better than I don't know how to do that without external validation. And then I'm going to go into like our sticker charts and things like that. Is that teaching kids to not self validate? Like if you're potty training and you only tell them good job and give them a sticker when they don't like, are you taking away their ability to self validate early on and not even realizing it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to let you do some research on that and come back to us because yeah. I don't know either. And I don't know that we have the time to really like pick it apart now. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm with you because, but I think some of it also goes into like the perfectionist side of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was just reading something the other day and it resonated with me as a perfectionist in recovery, you know, <laughs> um, that that's what we do is we set goals for ourselves. And then whenever we reach that goal, we are like, okay, well, that goal wasn't hard enough or that goal wasn't challenging enough or whatever. That was a crappy goal. So let me set another one. And then we work really hard to that next goal. And so we're always just kind of searching for mm -hmm. that sense of accomplishment or that sense of value and whether that 
like for me, I never really cared if I had external validation for that or somebody patting me on the back saying, hey, good job, you reached the goal. To me, it was just reaching the goal, right? Like, so if my goal was to get an A on this, like we're going to get an A on this and there's no, like we got to get an A. <laughs> I don't care if anybody else sees it. Like I, that's my own validation, right? Is that I achieved that goal. Um, but I, so I think it's kind of a combination of a lot of those things, right? Like the, that perfectionist side of you, but then also that wanting to kind of fit in as well as maybe a, not just fit in, but maybe be a little bit above those around mm-hmm. us <laughs> um, to where we're like, oh, I'm, I'm not just average. I'm above average. You want something to make you special. That goes back to us saying that we want to be special. Yeah. And I think we see that a lot. Like, and I think that's sometimes some inner turmoil and some inner like conflict where we're like, am I just average or am I something special? Am I something unique? Am I something, you know, above average? Like, I, th- I think a lot of people probably struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot I mean, and just don't want to admit it. Taking yourself so seriously. Yeah. And then and I'm like, well, what is average? You know, I wouldn't know. I've never been it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's fantastic. But no, but like, seriously, like who defines average? Like, you know, us academic folks are going to be like, well, that's the median or the mean or whatever you want to put right in the middle zone. And nobody wants to be in the middle. We want to be above middle, right? Like we want to be on the top tier, but who like in life, who decides what is average? I don't, I feel like we almost use it as an insult. Like if somebody was just like, yeah, you're like mediocre. That would devastate me. (laughs) Okay. I'm writing that down. Never say mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) Like like I think mediocre and ignorant are probably my two like trigger words. If you call me ignorant, I'm like, I'm pissed. And now if you call me mediocre, I'm going to be like, like, yeah. if you really want to mess with me for the next three months and maybe send me the therapy, call me mediocre. All right. Nobody post that on Instagram, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, At this but- point, I'm going to assume it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, better put a happy face on the end of that. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's like, I think we look at that sometimes and like, what makes us special and who decides what makes us special? Who has that power to decide whether or not we're mediocre or average or above average? I'm going to say I have that power and I, I, I don't want to give that like, away. The enlightened side of me who's been in enough therapy, like that, that's your power. You decide yeah. what your average is and then you decide who you hold it up to. But social media is going to tell you that mm-hmm. you need support for that. <laughs> you yeah. need others to validate or, that for you. Yeah. Or that like you have to be the best you. That, that's not possible. I had a conversation with my mom the other day where I was like, I don't, want to be the best version of me right now. I need to have a moment where I'm kind of a shitty person and I need to just be okay with that and cry and be jealous and then let like get over it. But I have to feel those emotions because if I keep pushing them down, they're going to come out and it's going to be really ugly. And then I'm going to feel guilt and I'll never actually have to process that jealousy or whatever I was feeling. That was like probably the most enlightening moment I've ever had with myself. I was like, I'm just going to feel jealous and not feel guilty about it. Like it is okay to have jealousy. That's a very valid feeling. But for oh the longest gosh. time, I yes. feel like I can feel jealousy. That makes me a shitty person. It doesn't. It makes me human. And I have to recognize my own humanness. I'm not God. 
Right. It's but so. see, there's that sense of perfectionist and control. We've talked about this a lot. I feel like we're learning <laughs> a lot about ourselves, right? I know. My husband and I were having uh, a little bit of an argument the other day, and I was like, I feel like the only thing I have control over right now is whatever. And I, I was like, Oh God, that is such a slap in the face of the fact that I just said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am, I am looking for control in this moment, and that's probably mm-hmm. not the best approach. Like I probably need to step back and be like, wait a minute, why do I need to control all this? But <laughs> in the moment I was like, damn it, I'm looking for something to control and I need to control this. So <laughs> back off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to control my like moment of like being unhuman. I was like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I don't want to. And then if somebody was trying to talk to me, I was like, mm, don't try to fix it. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, and it was like, it, it actually caused a few fights. <laughs> Because I was like, I am just being a real raging asshole right now. But I was feeling out of control over my emotions. And then having somebody step in and try to help me made it even worse. Right. Do not. Yeah, we just got to have patience with ourselves and with others. Like sometimes people just need a moment. Like just back off and let them have their moment. Let them feel their feels. Let them be bitchy, whatever. They'll come back around. What do you say? Like you have to parent your inner child where it's like, I see that you're having big feelings right now. And that's okay. Like that's where I was. Like you're having some big feelings right now and you just need to take some time, go to your room and come out when you're ready. (laughs) We all have those. I had a moment. I had like a really rough day. Um, just, I mean, there's just lots of stuff happening, lots of emotions going on. And I had to do that. I was like, listen, I'm just, I got to go check out for a minute. I'm going to hang out in my room. I'll be out in a minute, kids. And then I hear like 10 minutes later, hear a knock on the door. Mommy, do you need an extra hug today? And I was like, oh my God, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. So that, that was helpful. They weren't trying to fix it. They were just, you know, they knew I was having a moment and they just wanted to be nice. And I loved that. But I think we just all have that, those times. And I think we're having them more frequently now, just with everything mm-hmm. that's happening in the world around us. And so, yeah, just be patient, give yourself grace, feel the feels, be a bitch if you need to, but then like, just don't get stuck in that place, like mm-hmm. work through it, come back around and, you know, just keep going and don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Oh, the don't feel guilty. That, oh, that's hard. So, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> the shame and the guilt is hard, especially for those control freaks and perfectionists. I don't know anybody like that <laughs> at all. Not I. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what we're learning. That's what I'm, or at least we're trying to mm-hmm. learn, right? Yeah. And I guess that like now we're going to go to vulnerability. It's like all comes down to vulnerability and like feeling worthy. And I like associate things like that with not being worthy because I'm still struggling with that that spectrum of like worthiness right it's not a spectrum you're always worthy but I it's really easy when you're already in that mindset to just go into like oh my gosh I'm not worthy of love right now I'm not worthy of somebody's time or, or energy because I'm not my best self I'm not bringing everything to the table that I should be bringing and that's really unfair to myself and it's really unfair to the other person too oh yeah yeah. And I think it's just, it's just a chaos cycle again, mm-hmm. going back to chaos because we, it's, it's not a fair, like no. interaction that we're creating with ourselves. We've just like been conditioned that way. And now it's pattern. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's not a rational like way of thinking about things, but it, it's where we go and it's totally legit, but it does take some time and some effort and some practice at like trying to undo that and create a new cycle or a new pattern. 
Absolutely. And it happens a lot more with burnout. When I'm feeling burnt out or just my energy is strained, that is the prime time for like all of my unhealthy habits, my people pleasing, my lack of self-worth. That is when they creep in the most. And then it goes even deeper and further and it's harder to get out because I don't have the energy. I had that conversation with my boss today around like, there's certain job tasks that if I'm doing them too much, I really start to second guess like my ability to do my job at all. And it has nothing to do with my performance. It's just my, I'm, I'm so drained energetically and I don't feel like I came with a hundred percent cause I leave the work day going, Oh, that was so hard. I hated that. Like, uh. and so I just assume that I'm doing a bad job because I'm not getting my cup filled. Right. I think we have to really understand like your cup's not always going to be filled with every activity. It doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job or anything. Like it can be a very neutral experience and I've just got to work to find that neutral place. I so love that you called that out and that's probably a good place to end it today. But I think that's such an important concept to try to understand because you're right. I think sometimes when we do feel drained or feel like we aren't able to perform at our highest uh, like performance rating or what we feel like is our best, like showing up as our best self and all of that. Like we do feel like we didn't do a good job and that's not always the case just because your feelings don't necessarily align with what you have previously experienced. Doesn't mean that your performance or your worth or your value is now decreased. Mm -hmm. And that's such a hard one. I think for at least myself to have learned, right? Like we all get stuck in that space every now and then and feeling like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do a good job because I didn't give everything. I feel like I could have given in this to this task or in this moment. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's different than did you do a good job or not? That's all about how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Feelings, Mm -hmm. they get in the way sometimes, but But they're great. And you, you really do have to feel them sometimes. You can't just pretend it's, they don't exist or mm-hmm. shove them off to the side, right? Like you do have to feel the feels, but. Yeah, they're all valid. They just sometimes suck more than others. Yeah. And, okay. and it sucks to realize that you have control over those stupid things because sometimes we want to feel like somebody else has made us feel this way or some situation mm-hmm. has brought this in. And I, I think that is true to a certain extent, but a lot of it is our perception of things, right. That creates those feelings. So even though we all want to have control, (laughs) there are some things that we're like, "Mm, I'd rather not have control over that and be able to blame it on somebody else. (laughs) It's easier to accept humanness when it's somebody else's. (laughs) I know, but you know what? We're all works in progress and we're all like doing our best. So be kind, be graceful. Give somebody mm-hmm. a compliment. That's my goal. That's my takeaway. That's what I'm going to try to do is give more free, ta- free compliments, like for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Go out and intentionally be kind. Ah, yes. I love it. Intentionally be kind. It's a little nicer than intentionally don't be an asshole like our last one, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. See, look, we're, we're trying to lead by example by being kind. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess calling people assholes is not the nice thing. <laughs> but I, oh, I, I sometimes it just needs to be said. Term. Yeah, I like, I kind of think it's a funny, playful term. And I call people assholes probably more than I should. But yeah, I probably, I, my, yeah, my husband probably hears that more 
than other than he should and not that he is an asshole or that he is bad but it is kind of like a playful term that you know you'll use yeah. whatever. I, I use it to flirt more than anything <laughs> it's probably not the best way to flirt I know that may be a really good conversation for another day like how like we say things that probably aren't nice but we do it in a nice jokingly way like you know, like calling somebody an asshole is probably not very nice, but when you do it and you're flirting and you're joking, like nobody takes offense at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so weird. Like I could see why people who are like trying to learn English would have a hard time learning English because when you like learn the vocabulary and then you learn how people use it, like for slang or just like social conversations can be yeah. totally different than what their meaning is. That's gotta be hard to learn. Could you imagine, like, if they heard "bless your heart," they'd be like, "That is the nicest lady telling me that she's blessing my heart." Yeah. But in reality, they're just like, "You can go f yourself." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on occasion, I have said that, like, genuinely meaning, "Oh, bless your heart," like that's sweet. But most of the time, it's not. It's a ugh, f you, <laughs> mm-hmm. in a nice, polite, southern way. I don't think I've ever said it without meaning like, "You, you can go butt a stump." Yeah. No, I have said it nice. Like really like when people are like in like some real turmoil, like have a lot going on, like it seems like there's a lot of external crap happening to them. Mm-hmm. Like just, a, and I'd be like, Oh my God, bless your heart. That's awful. Like, and I do genuinely mean it like, Oh my God, bless you. That's a crappy situation. But most of the time it's like, Ugh, bless, Oh, bless your heart. Mm, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to go into that. Yeah, I, really, I think that would be a fun topic. conversation. All right, next time we'll we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank y'all for bearing with us on our <laughs> burnout tangent that went really deep. Kind of got a little therapy on me a little bit. Caught caught us out a lot more than I expected to be caught. Yeah, <laughs> but at least we we I feel like that's one of the good things about us is that we can call ourselves out and we can have some of these ridiculous conversations where we own up to our own shit and. I feel okay mm-hmm. about it. It's it's I walk away and be like, okay, yeah, I can accept that and process that and maybe try to find a way to, to work on that versus, oh my God, I can't believe somebody just called me out on my crap. And now I get all defensive. <laughs> yeah. And it's recorded. So yeah, <laughs> I know it's for the world to see, but we are going to be each other's accountability partners. We're mm-hmm. going to try to throw out some compliments. You're going to start at work. I'm going to start out in the world. I think maybe we'll like see how that. it goes. I like that. Yeah. Y'all go out and intentionally be kind and give yourself some grace if you're feeling burnt out. Yes. We're right there with you. You're not alone. We got you. We'll talk to y'all next time. Bye guys.